Sun is out. Check. The music is blazing. Check. It's lunch on Radio 2000 with Bertha Chiruma. Check. Okay, and how's your pocket? How's your fi- how are your finances? How is your bank account? Check, 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 double check. Mm. I'm sure you're blinking and saying, "Why, why are you? Why are you talking that language? Why are you using that tone?" Better <laughs> you better check because one of these fine days, you don't want the sheriff coming with locks and changing your original locks for yeah. his locks. You know what I mean? We don't want that to happen to you. So anyway, author of My Money, Gerard uh, Mwandiambira, is chatting to us. When your spouse dies, do you even know who you've been married to? What they've been up to? What they've been doing with the finances? Where they have been borrowing? How much they've been borrowing? And in whose name they've been borrowing in? Big question mark. What happens to their debt? What does it all mean for your finances and Gerald is online. Good to have you on 2000, Gerald. Always a pleasure, Bertha, and good afternoon to all the Radio 2000 listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Why do you have to go there? Because such a question will make me wonder do I even have to deal with a spouse and be, you know, we consolidate things together? Now I'm really thinking 10, 15 times, Gerald, really honestly. But look, it's got to be done at some point, isn't it? I think, yes, it's important that as we are in February, we're going to do some topics this month which are related to relationships. So the first one we're going to deal with today is um, what happens to when a spouse dies? How do you deal with their liabilities or debt, um, as we commonly call it? Yeah. Um, next week, we'll probably also tackle financial infidelity. What happens when you find out that your spouse has been financially unfaithful? But the one we're going to talk about today is about debt. Um, it's one of those things that we don't like talking about. But unfortunately, um, when you are married uh, in community or property, whether it's traditional or civil marriage, you actually are sharing liabilities. Yeah. And obviously, when your spouse dies, it, it is your responsibility to pay off um, their share of the liabilities. And obviously, some of them, you'll have to pay the other half. So although you didn't take out the loan, if you're married in community or property, half that liability actually does indeed belong to you. Mm. I like you you wrote that um, open quote. You come one day and read a letter asking you to pay your recently deceased spouse credit card bill, followed by many other creditors, you know, as the living spouse. Sure. Well, I think that the crux of the matter should be it should not be a surprise. And unfortunately for most spouses, because we do not normally share our financial positions with our loved ones, it normally does end up being a very big surprise to um, our loved ones because they knew nothing about this debt. They thought you had no debt. And, and that's where the problems really lie. So it's important that we start realizing that when a, pa- a spouse does pass away, we need to seek, seek financial experts' help in terms of dealing with the deceased estate, which is everything that your spouse owned on this earth. You as the half owner of that estate should get your share. But remember, you don't only get the share of the good stuff, you also get a share of the bad stuff, which is all the liabilities. So I can't stress it more that any listeners out there, if you are married, do have an idea of what the liability situation or the debt situation of the house is. Yes, everything looks good right now. You can pay the debt because he is alive. But 
or she is alive. But if one of you should go, how will you cope? And this often is a big question because sometimes the pa- your spouse will pass away and you have a big mortgage bond, which only his salary could pay. How do you deal with it? Mm. So let's talk about deceased estate and how it is administered in South Africa. How does this work? Well, normally when someone is deceased, it's quite simple. They look for a will. And it's important to always have a will because it will solve a lot of potential problems um, should a spouse pass on. Your will will have your last instructions. Normally your will will also say oh, what, who you owe and what your assets are. So it's important to have that will. And the nice thing about it, you is that you can put everything in your will because no one is going to find out and when they find out they can't shout at you because normally you're not there anyway but it's important put everything and be truthful in your will there's no point in having a will which is untruthful yeah and if it, you don't have a yeah if you have a will what will then happen is the master of the high court which is where you go when a deceased um, person uh, deceased spouse leaves an estate the master of the high court will appoint a person called the executor The executor is someone who is going to actually execute your last wishes. Normally, the executor should be a financial professional or a lawyer or an accountant who understands how to execute an estate. And it's normal to also have a family member or even the other surviving spouse as the co-executor in terms of carrying out, paying off all the debts and making sure that you end up with what they call the residual of the estate. The residual being what's left over after you've paid the tax after you've paid off all the debt, and that's the net amount that's in that estate. That's then dispersed into to all the people who are named in the will. Mm-hmm. Simple, straightforward. This process, when someone passes on, can take as little as six months. Everyone lives and carries on with life. Yeah. Oh, when, there is no, when there is no will, Bertha, then it gets particularly interesting. Yeah. Because when there is no will, it goes into what they call interstate succession where there's a number of rules which are under the Interstate Succession Act which say who gets what when someone dies. And the order is quite interesting because it doesn't actually, you'd assume the spouse is the first person in the queue. Under Interstate Succession, the spouse is not the first person, it's your parents. <laughs> it's your parents and then your children and then the spouse and the siblings. So often if you don't have a, a will and you leave your parents alive, your wife will, will be further down the queue uh, in terms of the succession of the assets. Also, under interstate succession, the process is much longer. You can get estates taking three, four years to wind down. And if you've got children, this is where the real problem lies. School fees, etc. everything becomes very hard. So sometimes you're staring, you're looking at the money. But because there was no will, it takes much, much longer for the master of the high court to wind down that estate. Because normally if you go to the master of the high court, they've got a queue of people already waiting, and that queue sometimes is two, three years behind. So you just put your file and you wait in queue, and then it becomes really a big challenge. So you're also right about two types of debt spouses uh, need to be aware of. Well, yes. The two types of debt when you, when someone passes on is there's individual debts, which are clearly the responsibility of the debt of the deceased, and then there's joint debt. So the joint debts you normally know about because you were part of the deal, um, but it's the individual debts where people get surprises. So you can imagine it's like a surprise, which is the opposite of a lot because it's how much you owe. So you need to actually 
realize that there's no point in, in being in a relationship which is secretive about finances because the chickens always tend to come home to roost, especially when there's a death in terms of someone being deceased or even in, the, in, the, in some cases when there's a dissolution of marriage commonly known as divorce. Sure. Anyway, I think let's open up the lines because I know I still have some more questions to ask. Oh eight nine double one zero two thousand. If you have any questions that you would like to pose to Gerald, he's online, and most probably you'll be able to answer them because it's, I think sometimes you know we have a line of questions that may just really touch into your line of questioning. Oh eight nine double one zero two thousand. That's oh eight nine double one zero two thousand. When we come back, uh, we of course touch base with. Spouse making you co sign without your consent. How does it all work? Catch live ball by ball cricket commentary on Radio 2000 for the third Momentum ODI match on Wednesday, the 7th of February, between the Standard Bank Proteus and India from Newlands, Cape Town, starting at 1. Momentum for your financial wellness. Get up to 60% back on Momentum Life Insurance. Go to multiply.co.za to find out how. Live life multiplied. Momentum, a division of MMI Group Limited, an authorized FSP and credit provider. T's and C's apply. We celebrate you today beyond your grave and to assure you your struggle was not in vain. Robert Mangaliso Subukwe. I regard Robert Subukwe as my leader because we were both students at the University of Fort Hare who were both members of the African Mission Congress Youth League and he was sharing our branch and led us, you know, which has distinction that, of course, later, although our paths differ, at the part when we decided to study PAC, I continue to respect him. And in fact, even subsequently, when we met, we really had love and respect for each other. Africa will not compromise. Africa will not relent. Africa will not equivocate. And she will be heard. Remember Africa. Robert Mangaliso Sabukwe. The best music from back in the day. Radio 2000. And of course, uh, keeping ourselves well informed and of course, touching base with some of the issues that really, really affect us. And we sometimes kind of like put them in the back of their head. And uh, when they come to the fourth, you kind of like panic and start thinking, my spouse is right, then what next? But for now, uh, let's talk to uh, Lemmy. Hi. How are you, Peter? And how are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. No, my question is on the on the will. Yes, if I name the the person who will be an executor, is it compulsory that it should be the lawyers, the people from the bank, and secondly, is there a standard rate that you charge for doing that work? Excellent question. Well, the answer to that question is quite clear. The law states that the executor can claim a fee, okay? And that fee yes. works out to 3.99% of your whole estate. That is a lot if you have a very big estate. That's why normally yes. the executor will normally, for in your case, maybe if you have a wife, it would either be your spouse, but there has to be somebody who's declared by the master of the high court as competent in terms of winding down the estate because there's tax calculations and there's some complex work which needs to be done. So that 3.99 has to be paid, but you can pay half of it to your spouse and another professional who can either be an attorney, a certified financial planning professional, or even your accountant. But you can't get away from 
having somebody who's competent in the eyes of the master of the high court in terms of winding down and dealing with your deceased estate administration. So, yes, there is a fee, and it's quite considerable. If you work out 4% and you're worth a couple of million, it's quite a big fee. Hence, normally you want a family member in there to to also oversee what goes on. And and another thing to note is that the executor gets paid first when, when they're dealing with your estate, followed by the taxman, followed by everyone else, and then the residue of your estate will then go to your family. But the most important thing is have that will. You also mentioned, does it have to be someone from a bank? Now, normally these uh, banks have trust companies, and they'll say, come and do a free will. But yeah. when you do that free will, you then you should note that the clause in that free will is normally that you are, making, you are automatically appointing them as executives. So it's not actually free. It's going to cost you 3.99% of what you are worth. So it's important that sometimes don't rush to get the free one. It's important to have a will. But if you are in a state where you can nominate and find someone who can help you to do it, who's competent, make that lawyer, accountant, or CFP professional your executor and let them do the work for you because ultimately they're going to get paid. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lemmy. Have a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, I've learned something. Thanks a lot, Lemmy. This is quite interesting. So there's, there's no free lunch at the end of the day when people say free, even the, the rain that comes is not for free these days. So tell me something, Gerald. Can your spouse make you co-sign without your consent? No, you can't. If you're married in community or property, you, are, you have one estate in the eyes of the law. So you do need to actually know what the other is doing. And often that's where problems arise when a wife says, hey, I saw him bring the car home. I didn't know that he forged my signature or he may he signed on my behalf. And it becomes a matter of dispute. And often, yes, if a spouse can prove that they were they indeed had nothing to do with that debt, it's, all, it's normally a get-out-of-jail card because the financial institution lending is supposed to do its due diligence in ensuring that if you are married in community or property, your rightful spouse spouse has signed. Yeah. And also, can the debtors take over the deceased spouse's assets to pay off debt? Okay. Now, this is very important because what often happens is when you die, um, in, the, in the eyes of the South African Revenue Service, your estate is seen as cash. So a lot of us are asset-rich cash poor. So you may have a lot of things, but you don't have a lot of cash. And for example, when you die, there's a deceased estate liability if you're worth more than one and a half million rand, which is 20% of what you're worth has to go to sales. And when you don't, when you don't have cash, Bertha, what they'll do is they'll simply sell assets, which is why you need a financial planning professional to make sure you have a policy which will actually pay off SARS because SARS don't deal in houses and cars and, and furniture. They want cash. So normally that's part of your financial planning where you have certain policies which will generate the cash which is required so that your, your residue or the assets you have actually do end up going to your family. Otherwise, SARS will step in if you have a liability and they will request cash and they will sell assets. This is really getting very ugly, this thing. So how does one protect their family from debt? This is really becoming some serious reality. (laughs) You don't protect your family from debt, you deal with it. And the one way of dealing with it is to do better indeed. Take out those life policies to deal with the cost of your estate, Ah. such as your executor's fees, such as your estate duty liability, such as any cash you need to pay out to pay off debt. 
You can't actually run away from it. That's one of the reasons most people have a life policy, to deal with debt. And we often ignore these things. And unfortunately, it only comes hard to hit you when you have an estate where somebody was pretty wealthy, they left a lot of houses, a lot of cars, but they didn't have a lot of cash. And then what will happen is um, a lot of those beautiful houses might need to be seeded and sold um, in order to pay off the cash liability, which is why it's important to sit down with a professional, get these things done. Anybody who, everybody needs a will, especially if you have a child. If you have a child, you must have a will because what also happens if you die without a will, your child goes into your interstate succession and they might end up with that uncle or brother or that person who did not want to spend time with your children. And when there's money involved, there's a queue of people who will want to look after that child and they may not be the person you wanted. Gerald, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us. Thank you so much. It's a, I'm having a light bulb moment right now. So I'm going to spend all my money and then my life policy will just have to take care of all the debts. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it, definitely. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Gerald. Have a good day. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye for now. Uh, talking to Gerald Mwandiambira, you can always go to www.askgerald.co.za and just write to him. And of course, he will respond and let you know, um, you know what it is that you need to know. But for now,